0: Hey everyone! Welcome again to another episode. Good morning, News Podcast, the first decentralized news organization. Here with me, Diego, Bear Hunter, and Hero. Hero is back. How are you doing, Hero? You know, guys, I am so well.
1: My apologies
0: for missing last week. I
1: was on the road, and I'll tell you, when you're on the road, it's hard sometimes to coordinate. My apologies, but dude, yeah. I'm so happy to be here. I'm super stoked. Let's do
0: it. We were you, you able to Fred? be off your phone or computer when you, you were on vacation?
1: I was, you know, like, um, it turns out that when you spend most of your time in your phone or in your computer, when you're not uh, at home, uh, your family likes it when you don't have that with you. And so I was, uh, away from the keys for the large part of four or five days. I went through deep withdrawal syndromes. Um, I'm still trying to come out of, you know, a deep toxic shock, but I'm working hard at it. And, uh, yeah, like guys. It's hard for people who love this stuff. It's really hard to be away. Like it feels good a little bit, but it's actually really kind of hard. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you can spend any more day. No, man. No, no more days. You know, when I got home to back to GMN on Monday, I was just like, can I write? Can I write? Can I write? (laughs) I was getting stories done by noon, you know?
2: (laughs) Those first two days we were done by noon. It was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Remember it was so quick.
1: I I just couldn't wait to write again. And like, honestly, you know, I mean, I like some, one of the things, right. We're always talking about, you know, getting more writers and more contributors, et cetera. But when I like, I didn't write for four or five, six days or something. And, you know, it's like not going to the feeding, you know, trough not going to the well. And I just felt like so thirsty to engage, you know, I, I don't know how else to really present it. But um, yeah, so I was like, okay, eleven oh one. This is a story. I'm down. That's right.
3: <laughs> yeah, but this is this is amazing, you know, because we see all all the stories of people with burnouts. You know, they they can't handle it anymore. And after after some days, you were full of energy to come back. This this is amazing, you know. You see At that you point, you really like it.
1: I love it, you know, and, and it's true. Like I mean, you know, so so like let's let's be honest. When you're like you're deep in for many, many, many months, it can be, and you're at it all day long, you know, and your brain is tired, you're kind of tired. You're still working hard anyway. You're trying to put out high quality, high level output. Um, And then you sort of just take a few days and your brain relaxes and it, it, it can't help, but want to engage again. You know, I don't know that it's necessarily an addict cycle, but it is like, it's what we do and what we love, you know, like what is it like to not do what you love for a few days? And you just want to go back and do it some more, you know?
0: Um, You're absolutely, absolutely right. So, uh, Bear Hunter, uh, why don't you give her your thoughts on the crypto markets? What's going on right now?
2: Oh, god. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. Well, uh, prices are down. I don't know, man. It's, it's it's ugly out there. But it's not you know it's not just the crypto markets that are that are kind of in trouble. It seems to be you know kind of kind of markets globally that are. That are getting pounded, and um, a lot of fear out there, right? There's you know a lot of fear over, of course, the Russia Ukraine situation, and then, of course, fears at home here in the United States with high inflation. You know, we had a CPI reading last week, April or Thursday, of eight percent,
0: which I think we all know the it's actually much, are much higher than that. The roof, gas prices are
3: yeah. insane. Why? Wow, yeah, in Brazil, they are. They are really expensive, you know?
2: Yeah, we uh you could pull up that oil chart right now and it, it looks even crazier than the uh the shittiest of shit coins. So
1: well, yeah, a, commodities you know, it's, are it's, it's super interesting, right? Because um, you know, I think that a lot of us, I'll just speak for me, um, you know, thought that crypto wasn't super tied to the market fluctuations of fiat and that it was more tied to the commodities market. But I think what we're seeing is it's actually not true. The crypto is deeply tied to fiat and it seems to be sort of independent of commodity markets. I mean, oil and gold are, at, you know, gold's at all time high or near again. You know, oil is pushing into like H territory. Um, and, you know, crypto is obviously way off and hasn't seen any corresponding bump, right? And um, It
2: trades with the NASDAQ. You could lay the NASDAQ chart over Bitcoin and the, it's damn near identical.
1: That's right, yeah. and, which is super surprising to me. I mean, it, like even though I know that, it still surprises me. And I, I wonder what that actually means when you do a more systemic analysis of what cryptocurrency actually is. So here's I mean, what it
2: is here. We spent... This, we you know, we've spent the last 10 years hoping that the institutions would come to this space, right? That was the the hope for everybody or the cry for so long that the institutions are coming. Well, now they're fucking here. And the institutions treat this place as a risk on asset, right? Eventually, and we're seeing it now, the institutions are getting flushed back out. They don't want to be a part of this right now because they, they don't want to see a 90 percent drawdown in their in their books, you know. Um, really? But what you're going to be left with are, are, are the settlers, right? The pioneers of this space. We're not going anywhere, <laughs> But the hedge funds are gone. That's I mean, a good
1: that, thing. I mean, is that true, though? You know? I think so. I mean, I just wonder. I mean, like, if I were to look at a, like, I mean, like, a Bitcoin chart for the last, I mean, I don't think a 10-year analysis of Bitcoin or what are we at now, 12 years would be useful, or 13 years? Oh, nine? Wow. Um, but what if we looked at a four-year chart of the NASDAQ or of the S&P? Or what about, like, other, you know, what about, like, the German exchange or, you know, in London or or down in Rio? Like, is Rio where the... Brazilian exchanges? That was maybe-
3: Sao Paulo, it's in, São Paulo. it's in
1: Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo is the capital.
3: Um, so the No, the, the capital is Brasilia, oh, but forget, Sao Paulo, but São Paulo, São Paulo is, is bit, the largest city. The biggest Lafayette? city, yeah.
1: Is it the financial, yeah. is that the financial hub?
3: of Latin America, actually. So
1: Latin America, period. So guys,
3: like, yeah. you
1: know, I remember in college when I learned that Brasilia, I think is what we call it in the mm-hmm. American was anyway, shaped of, of an airplane, right?
3: yep that's right Mm, oh yeah the shape yeah and the the architect that that created it there's a shape of of the the airplane it's a it's a wonderful city i mean
2: tangent why does every other city other than american cities have beautiful architecture and we have fucking boxes (laughs) what's up with that
3: because we're young (laughs) yeah just just the wrong idea that you're doing Come to Brazil, go yeah. to small cities. You're gonna see; there's not, none of them are beautiful.
2: You see, you look,
3: look at the rest of the world. You, you see these
2: beautiful buildings all over the place, and we have giant steel boxes that are just uglier and shit.
1: We're, we're, we're trying, you know. We're trying. We're we're like we we are reductionist capitalists. You know, so your, yeah, give shit. me a box and give me so um. So like, what is, like, if we laid, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum over the stock exchange in Sao Paulo, would that look the same as the stock exchanges uh, that we're talking about?
2: So this is a good question here. Actually, I, I don't know. I'm looking at it now. Um, what is your ticker symbol Ticker symbol down there, guys?
3: Yeah, I don't have an idea, friends. It, there is just, um, how the name of that? Uh, B3? It's just a, uh, yeah, it's the B3. Yeah, B3. Yeah,
0: 3 is our exchange is the only one.
3: There I don't. Is,
0: uh, in America, there's I'm, there's a Nasdaq, a New York Exchange, and and some other one. But in Brazil, yeah, in Brazil only Brazil's one,
3: just b Three. But I, I don't believe that. There are so.
0: more, more crypto investors in Brazil, like more crypto hodlers than than stock investors. You know. No, I
3: believe that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, there is. There's i'll tell you what like Three million
0: day. people invest in the stock market and there is only i think there are only there are 10 million people that hold crypto here you, you can, can uh... the
1: entire population of brazil that only 3 million of them are invested in the stock market
0: exactly yeah, and that's exactly. And, and here that's um only happened like last two years ago before like before it was only like six hundred thousand people investing in the stock market that's a and crazy then, number, mm-hmm. dude. And it's yes, crazy. And Brazil yeah. has uh, 220 million
3: people. It's the population. Yeah, yeah, most of people on B3 here is from people from outside, companies and people from outside. Yes. That's
0: the second question I was going to ask. Yeah, how much of is outside money? Well, it's a lot of outside money, but that's the consequence of monetary policies, the wrong ones. You know, we had a hyperinflation back in the 90s, which is affecting... Majority of people, so people got afraid of the stock market. They don't really understand it. They don't want to like go into uh, for the past two or maybe three years, people are teaching uh, online. You know, if you go to YouTube, there's a bunch of creator, content creator teaching people
3: how to invest in stock market. And it's something that, and I would say that's something cultural here as well. Just saving accounts was really popular for my parents, and for the generation that came next, you know? So my generation, pretty much of them, they are starting to play with with the, the, the stock markets now, and none of them, I, I have only one friend that plays with crypto. So nobody here is, is playing with crypto and people are just starting with stock markets.
0: And then interest rates are 10% uh, in Brazil. So if you, if you buy bonds, government bonds, they get, they're gonna give you like ten percent a year. You're just uh, hoping
2: that the that your 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 dollar or whatever doesn't lose ten percent in inflation throughout that time.
0: Yeah, well, so if, you if, know if it's investing... kind of hard hard thing though.
1: Well, that's interesting though, right? Because if you're throwing, I mean, ten percent on bonds, right? And if you're not dealing with a native currency, otherwise, that's a hell of an investment. As long as you're not worth by default, right? Um, I mean, think about it, dude. Like ten percent compounded i mean that's crazy dude i mean i'm like thinking i better pull my money out of cardano <laughs> that's, how, that's how they attract, <laughs> that, that's how they attract uh, international
0: investors by raising rates totally it was like three right, percent last year it was three percent last year now it's ten percent to that's try crazy to fight let's, inflation. Get
1: super, let's get super <laughs> macro like just for fun and we'll pretend that we're smart so like um, the IMF hates that shit. So what's the IMF saying to Brazil right now?
2: Nothing yeah. good. <laughs>
0: I wouldn't say, you know, but... Uh, the same
2: thing they're telling El Salvador and every other country that's trying to uh, de-dollarize.
0: Brazil is in trouble now uh, with the Russian and Ukraine war too um, because Brazil is, is a, a, like uh, one of the biggest, if not the biggest uh, soy producer but they need fertilizers and uh, fertilizers come from russia
3: most of the okay. majority what, of it.
1: what's a fertilizer?
0: um
3: they used to make to make crops you know to to plant to help and them grow or, oh sorry yeah.
1: fertilizer yeah yeah yeah. fertilizer fertilizer
3: yes, yeah. Fertilizer, yeah. yes.
0: and you got so, in most of brazilian most of brazil's fertilizer all, all of it russia? all of it come from russia all of it come from russia they used huh. to have they used to have factories in brazil but the, the the government shut, shut it down
3: yeah. and, so and then pre- pretty much Russia. like, yes, here is pretty much, we have the land and we have the knowledge of how to, to grow crops, but we buy the seeds from, oh, how is the name of the company? The American exactly. We, we buy the seeds from them and we buy the fertilizer from, from Russia. We produce everything, every, all the food here and we sell it to the world. Sell so to China, yeah, pretty, actually, majority of China. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most, yeah of the, so of most of them. Most of the
0: Russia, and China, man, to survive. Imagine well, so that. That's, that's be, really that's fucked up. That's fucked. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <absolutely>. yeah. Yes, <laughs> let's, it let's is. Let's talk about, well, I mean,
1: well, Bolsonaro. Well, welcome, welcome to my life. <laughs> it's so interesting, right? Because I'll tell you, like, so I was in college in the this
3: late 90s. It's not interesting. It's sad. It's sad, man. It's sad. It's
1: going to, like, you know, whatever happened to
0: Russia, it's going to affect. Uh, like it's gonna affect Brazil in a hard way. Whatever China's this China China uh, represents, I think forty five percent of all the exports from Brazil. So guys, just to be clear, when I say interesting. That's, short, that's shorthand for me. I was just, uh, you I was know, just I mean, kidding, kidding you. Yeah, but, yeah I, mean, I was just giving so you a hard thing, time. Though,
1: like It's not interesting, like in, in an academic exercise, it's like, oh my God, really? Right? Because um, I knew that like China had a super heavy footprint in South America. Right? And I mean, essentially, like, you know, what is their client state? It's not um, Chile for a long, that's no, not Chile. Who is their client state? I mean, essentially where they just do whatever they want. And they overthrow people all the time. I don't remember who it is, but like, whatever the case, it's not Uruguay or Paraguay. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm conflating like sort of the Japanese legacy and uh, I don't know, whatever, like Americans, what do we know anyway? Um, so, I mean, but the real question is like, so Brazil, I mean, you guys have a huge footprint. You're the most biodiverse ecosystem in the world by factors. Um you have advanced, you know, production capacity. You have insane intellectual knowledge, uh, but it seems like you're still dependent on these weird oligarchical, you know, autocracies for income. Like, what
3: yeah, is this, what but is I, I, I always remember a teacher, a teacher uh, in school. He was saying, we, from since we we, we were mm, since the Portuguese came here to Brazil." In fifteen thousands, fifteen hundreds, yeah, fifteen hundreds. And we've been exporting commodities. Tell me one country in the world that became a rich country exporting commodities. There's not Colombia. No, it's not a rich can- country. Different com- different it's, ju- commodities. <laughs> it's just yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, you, you make some you make some people rich. You know you make some, some family and you have some oligarchy here. These guys are rich. So if you go to Saudi Arabia and Kuwait, okay, people that, that sell oil, they are rich, but the, the country is poor. It's the same in Brazil. We have been exporting commodities for 500 years since we, we began as a, as a place in the world. So nobody gets, gets rich and nobody gets developed selling commodities. But that's what we do. This because a, people they roll the country. This is good for who rules the country. It's not good for the people, but you no, know, who cares?
0: Well let's
1: talk about that. I and mean, this is really interesting. And let's get a crypto bent like just for fun. And so you know how can I mean how one, like how does Brazil reclaim its sovereignty, right? I mean, its ability to you know sort of self fund its own development? Or is the domestic market not is it not hot enough? I mean, because my sense of Brazil was super naive, right? But the like I mean, there is a solid middle class. There's deep poverty. Um and then there's some wealth at the top, right? But for the most part, like it's a middle class country. Is that
3: not true? Mm, it's not anymore. It used to be for last 10 years, for the last decades, but last two years, the the poor population became bigger and poorer yes it's it's something like something like one percent of population here in Brazil gets 25 to thirty percent of all the the money in the country
0: yeah what you say here it was interesting uh brazil they they actually produce a lot of stuff a lot of goods a lot of commodities a lot of food whatever uh you know a lot of meat but there is the dollar cost. So the currency is losing value against the dollar and everything in the world is, is traded in dollar. So if you are a small producer in Brazil and you're like, okay, am I going to sell to, to international, like to China or whatever for, for dollars? Or would I sell locally for, for you know, local money and make less money? So people are just, they just, you know, 70 or 80% of whatever they produce, they export, they sell outside. And to keep in, in order with the locals, they have to, to raise prices, right? Even though they produce locally, they have to raise prices because of the dollar.
3: The dollar Is goes that, up. Uh- Everything they needs down, to produce, yeah, yeah. Everything gets more expensive and yeah. here's yeah. the situation. Yes, every, every, uh, so everything needed to, to produce here in Brazil comes from outside. And if it comes from outside, we have to pay in dollar. Uh, and our money is not strong against the dollar, so it's expensive to produce here
1: the real has so, okay. always, always struggled against the dollar the, the,
3: yeah for the last three years we lost uh, 50 percent. of, last, of no, since yeah. 1998 we, we lost, lost I 80
1: mean, percent. yeah exactly 80 yeah. yeah so yeah. so, so for,
3: for, for for so far as an example i was uh i was i was talking to to mr ben hunter and i said okay gonna send you some coffee from brazil but just to, to, to give you an example, the best coffee we produce here goes to Europe. So I, re- I remember I've been to, to Spain some years ago and I found some chocolate from Brazil and it was cheaper there than it's here. Can you believe that?
1: So here's a couple interesting points. One, I don't think, first of all, let me clarify, like I don't think Brazil defaulted 98, right? That was like Argentina in 95. So sorry for throwing your country under the bus. Um, But like, so, you know, living in a country that, you know, the dollar is native, right? Like, it's really hard to understand it. And I only, the only way I get it is by talking with people in other countries. Like I was talking to someone in India and they were like, it's, you know, because of the dollar, right? It's cheaper. And, and well, because of the dollar and the way that import and export works in these countries, like it's cheaper, literally, um, and this is probably protectionism, to fly from India to Abu Dhabi to buy an iPhone and then to come back home with the iPhone than it is just to buy the phone in India,
0: right?
3: And I'm yeah, going, we have, we have this we, we PlayStation.
1: It's cheaper to buy a, yeah, a flight have, to have this States, buy an
0: iPhone, <laughs> and it's going to be cheaper to buy in Brazil. And, yeah, just, but, like, and I don't know uh, exactly. my brain
1: spins, right? And I'm like, and I'm only starting to understand it because I'm like, what? What? <laughs>
3: Hey, that's so yeah. Crazy. Hey, there wow. was some guys on YouTube. They were they was okay. The PlayStation here will cost one thousand dollars. So the guy got a got a ticket, went to Miami, got a PlayStation, came back, and he spent nine hundred dollars. So it's cheaper. And you already and you also travel. You know, you have some do fun. You, this kind I mean, of stuff. Here,
0: do you think yeah. that, that could be that could oh. be American um, monetary policy? That ruins the, the, you know, like the, the dollar oh. is the, the, the world current. Do you think that whatever the feds do here oh. affect
3: the world? Yeah. And let, mean, me, let, let me just rephrase this phrase. Hey, hero, is your fault that I have to go to United States to buy a PlayStation?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And so I'll just say like, yeah, in a very gentle way, um, you know, America works really hard to make sure that this dollar is a weapon. Um, and also sort of a cushion, you know? And so it depends how we want to deploy it. And um, we use it offensively and defensively every day. And it's part of American foreign policy. And whether we want to talk about it like that or not is different, uh, but it's true.
3: But let me, so people don't, don't don't say sad with us. So if you leave United States or in Europe... And you come to Brazil, you're going to have the best time of your life because hotels, yeah, you money, you're you going to be treated like, a yeah, king. you're going to be rich here because <laughs> you anyway, go to yeah. hotels, you go to good restaurants, good supermarkets and buy beer and, you know, have great meals and it's cheap. Uh,
1: guys, I'll tell you, like my wife, she is from the Pacific Northwest of the, uh, the United States uh, from Seattle. Um, and she went to Brazil when she was in her early 20s And she can't stop talking about it It's her favorite place in the world uh, We're going to get there as soon as we can We'll come find you uh, And hunt you down in Rio, Diego <laughs> And uh, <laughs> yeah So like we listen to this is like This is no joke So we listen to Bossa Nova almost every day And so my running joke about Bossa Nova Is it's the same song uh, In a different key over and over again And no, that's not true My apologies, Brazilians uh, But yeah um, But yeah, it's all girlfriend panina, right? Like to a different beat. And sometimes it's the upbeat and sometimes it's the downbeat, but it's like, it's all the same. And then she's like, you're an idiot. I'm like, I know, (laughs) that's true. Um, I will say like, so here's a fun story. So we were traveling in Latin and Central America um, right before we first got married. And we were up in the highlands for a long time. And, you know, and when you're in the highlands of those countries, as you may know, like there's not a lot of meat and you kind of live off beans and rice and stuff. And so we did that for, um a while and at some point we came down to the city and the first thing we saw was a brazilian steakhouse and i will tell you you've never seen like two like in shape americans destroy a meat platter you know like like we did that day it was phenomenal so um what's my point no real point other than uh well, actually, yeah, you
3: get yeah, come here, you're gonna have fun. I, well, take, yeah, I take I take you mean, to yeah. a steakhouse. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna eat because I'm vegetarian, but I take you to one. Uh, <laughs> of course you eat the salad
0: bar. So what so, all of this <laughs> why does it do? make sense? <laughs> what if what what all of this has to do with crypto? Uh thank you. We come thank to you. the <laughs> we come to the uh, executive order that the Biden, you know sign or is going to sign it i want okay, you yeah. to comment about it like the executive okay. order uh they are are they're like afraid of the dollar what's going on i am so glad gelfy thank you i was gonna make a crypto point with beef prices
1: but like i got lost i really like was literally daydreaming about that plate of meat and i like i'm totally sorry inappropriate for saturdays um publisher like you've been quiet do you want to start with this one or i'll just i can ramble about that order like for <laughs> you but like would you please save
2: me <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this has been entertaining as hell. Um, let's see. Uh, White House executive order. Where are we? Um, seemed like it was a good thing, right? It was very much anticipated to be, I don't know, the end of days for crypto. You know, <laughs> some of the rumors that were going around Twitter there for the couple of weeks beforehand. But seemed like, you know, some of the language in there made me optimistic. It was and was kind of a shock. Things like we need America to be number one in this industry or whatever. I, I didn't expect that. I'm very glad to hear it. I didn't expect it. Um, so I, 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 I think, Hank, regulations are coming. Right. That 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 was really the gist of the order. Was the White House has uh, basically put a mandate out to uh, all government agencies, saying, figure this shit out. Right. Learn learn how this stuff works and figure it out. So you know, well, to be determined. Right. On um, on what these different agencies are gonna are d- gonna interpret that to mean. Um, Gensler definitely seems to have a have a wild hair out for for our industry so who knows how much power this will give him.
1: Oh yeah, um,
2: fucking Gensler though, right? Like,
1: I mean, so here's the deal, right? Like, I mean, that dude understands the technology more than most, right? And he's I super that, dangerous. Well, But he's dangerous because he knows. Exactly. like, and like Knows too much. Also, <laughs> but that's also like really liberating, you know, because here's one of my big issues, you know, like, and I think we've talked about it here before, maybe we haven't sometimes I rant in my own head, but like most of this shit is a scam.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's, a, it's, you know, it's the founders trying to get rich and then and then rug or dump. And that's fine. You know, I mean.
2: Makes fine. it really hard for builders like myself. I'll tell you that. But, but, they, they've right. tarnished the reputation. The
1: legitimacy, like it's really difficult, right? and so harder
2: than, I'll, I'll say this. It's harder to be taken seriously and legitimized in this industry than any other industry I've ever been
0: in right oh, you
2: plus 1000 totally true right I mean it's so bad we
1: have our own language right mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so like I mean that's how otherwise otherwise we become I mean talk about the science of alterity you know and so like um I find it really I actually don't like Gensler it, you know if I'm on like if I'm having a day like today where I'm sort of just like oh yeah man I'm like dude go against or, Like, go bust those fuckers, you know? <laughs> um, like, truly, right? And if I'm having normal days uh, where I'm not so, like, <laughs> however I am today, I'm, like, a little more cautious. Like, okay, we'll bust them. But, like, okay, go slow, you know? Um, but the truth is, like, we get so confused, right? Because we talk about projects and we don't talk about the tech, right? I mean, because really, like, Projects come and go. Like, who cares? You know, I mean, how many ten thousand PFP projects does a does a planet need? And like, we don't need anymore, right? Burn them all down. Burn them all down. Like, fuck them. They're irrelevant. You know. But like, the tech, the tech will be here for the rest of humanity, right? And like, I don't know what a quantum blockchain looks like, but I mean, there'll be that too. And you know, essentially, what is we forget to go back to the whole point of what we're doing. It is a public ledger that cannot be erased. And like, and what do you put on that fit? Everything you can. And so if we think about the tech, that's amazing. And Gensler, I think Gensler honestly is like, the tech's amazing, but the way we use it is terrible. And quite frankly, he's totally right. And I agree with him a thousand percent. The problem is he's the head of the SEC. He's not a professor at MIT anymore, right? And so... Um, you know, he can, you know, he, and he can't take his professorial hat off to go, like, yeah, you're right. The tech is like the most amazing thing ever. The way we use it is totally exploitative. But now that I have a regulatory position, I'm only going to focus on the rags and the way that people get screwed and not like this tech is the most important thing we've done as humanity for like 400 years. And so that's my issue with Gensler. Like, I mean, he knows better, but he's in the SEC, dude. And as the head of it, he feels like he has a position where he can exercise discretion to pound where he sees fit. But the truth is, like, what are you going to pound, Terra? I mean, like, Terra's like, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, publisher, but isn't Terra one of the more decentralized ecosystems
2: we have? Terra has gained the respect of pretty much every developer out there, right? Every Ethereum developer has nothing but good things to say about the, uh, about the ecosystem over there. I, for one, have never interacted with the chain. Um, so I, I can't really speak to, to that quality or anything, but from what I understand, you know, their, their, their stable protocol is one of the most groundbreaking innovative uh, uh, breakthroughs that we've had in this space in a long time. Um, it seems to be the most, reliable of all the decentralized stablecoin coin options out there uh, more so than die yes more so than die at this point because Dai's got like 60 percent backed or something like that i probably butchered that percentage but it's got a large percentage backed of uh usdc and I the think difference that is also is that right
0: i uh, you need to uh do some leverage you need to borrow against your collateral in order to mint uh, new dye and, and UST you don't need to yeah
1: that's the big difference, I think, right there, Gelfi. I mean, the thing about DAI, right, is if you're doing 150% leverage, right, to get some well, DAI. That, so, out of the bulk, so you know? US,
2: UST, that's an algorithmic, you know, that, that's all happening within the protocol itself at, at the code level, whereas DAI is very much analog, right? You still got somebody managing that contract on the back end. Well, that, that's, that's the real breakthrough there.
1: Well, let me actually, like, slow down right there, because this is actually interesting, right? And so, are we saying that DAI is not an algorithmically backed stable coin?
2: It you could use air quotes around that. It's at the time it was the best that we had, right? But now we've got better. But the cool thing, though, and I'll say this for Dai, is they have the capability to to adapt, right, and and change. They're they're not set, and they or they, they don't have to be, right? They still got a strong team there. They they could still continue to develop and implement some of these these new breakthroughs that have uh, that, that we've figured out.
1: So, like, do you think that? Okay, so we have over-leveraged DAI, which is just like their model, which is fine. I actually think DAI is amazing, quite frankly. But like, you know, so Terra is a place where I I dive in a little bit just because I'm curious, but I don't really know the ecosystem very well. Um, But if you were to take, like, for example, oh, oh, this is interesting, right? Now I'm way off in the weeds. Like, could you take a UST DAI pair and make a liquidity pool on it? Like, Sure. um, Right? Absolutely. And And what would that look like?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: it's kind of rhetorical but like what would that look like uh like sta- someone must have done
2: it already. oh absolutely there's plenty of stable uh stable pairing pools out there um, okay. for sure yeah do they ride together Hmm. well what do you
1: mean ride together well i mean like so if if um it's always like hard for me to conceptualize so if die goes you know up versus the dollar does Terra tend to also go up versus the dollar or, or can they operate independently
2: so Terra can go down and i can go up oh they can certainly operate independently yeah but do but do they though yeah absolutely yep and why uh buy and, and sell pressure on those tokens is it always just buy sell pressure i mean mm-hmm. like are we
1: all going down to like econ 101 every time every time
2: that's where it all comes down to supply and demand
1: is there Buy side, some, sell side pressure. Is there some sneaky thing somewhere else that I just don't understand though? Like I feel like sometimes that doesn't encapsulate the full market movement.
2: Well, it uh, it depends, right? So if you get, you know, one of the greatest examples I, that I love to use is our little paper token. Um, if you go look at that, if you go look at that chart, it is just pure supply demand, right? There there are no other outside influences that have, that have gotten to my token. So you can really just see the pure... Uh, supply and demand in, in action, right? You can see every buy that happens. You can see every sell that happens. So that that's that's an example of a really pure, uh, pure market or a market in its purest form, right? But then, of course, as you get bigger and you grow in market cap, you begin to get the Wall Streets of the world involved, right? And Now suddenly you've got futures and options and all that stuff begins to to affect the uh, the price action outside of just the normal uh, supply and demand part of it.
1: Here, guys, let me ask you a, a totally interesting question that I think about like way too much. And so does the like the sheer volume of DeFi options, like sort of make it so that DeFi can't really become all that it could be.
2: No, the the volume of options on DeFi is almost non-existent. It, it's not even enough to move the needle. Um, what 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 has affected our markets more than anything, and it's why we are so goddamn correlated to uh, to, to to the, to the indexes, the this SPY this and the Nasdaq, are the futures, right? It's the CME futures. That that's what drives our price action more than anything else. Um, and that's because Wall Street's going in there, and they're dropping billions of dollars. Right? They they can they figured out that they can absolutely affect the price of our markets by simply going into the the CME futures market and dropping a billion dollars to short it, or dropping a billion dollars to go long. Right? And it's all leveraged up, so they they're literally pulling fucking monopoly money out of thin air, and they're moving the needle. And and that's what's been happening. You can see it clear as day, going all the way back to shit. The the you know, probably about May of, of 21, right, is is really when the, uh, well, I mean, that you can watch that run up in 2021. That was the institutions coming in, right? They were flooding in, they were all leveraged up, going long, and then they flipped, right? And now it's been the battle of hedge funds ever since. They've just been fighting back and forth, dropping billions of dollars in the futures market and moving the needle.
1: Okay, so two questions. CME stands for? Chicago Mercantile Exchange. That's correct. My pal Larry uh, has a membership there like since the 60s. He's like 80 years old now. He's a great dude. Shout out, Larry. You'll never hear this, but I love <laughs> you. Brother. Um and so uh true. And so when you say ballot hedge funds, right? I mean, that's essentially like bullish and bearish hedge funds, right? Smashing mm-hmm. against each other and and the market kind of moves,
2: you know, in sync with those collisions, right? Yep. And it's because there's so much money at play, right? And when we- you when you open up a leveraged $1 billion long position, that's going to move the needle, right? And all the retail traders in the world combined couldn't move the needle anywhere near what they can. So that's really what we see, your everyday price action and things like- I'm glad you
1: said that because my rant, as you all know, is like, this stuff is way more centralized than we think. And so what you were talking about right here is deeply
2: centralized price action, Mm -hmm. right? Period, end of story. So, well, okay, let me, let me push back a little bit, right? Yes, you have centralized price action going on, but you have to separate the price action from the protocols, right? Just because these giant hedge funds are battling back and forth, going short and going long, has nothing to do with the 1,000 plus validators that are running the Ethereum network, right? You Completely one- different
1: thousand though i mean that's also highly centralized like, I, I said a like, thousand plus I, I don't know the exact validator <laughs> count right now on the like, Ethereum network like but it's a I lot i feel like the more i learn and the more time i spend and this is not our first time diving this deep dark murky pool here um that crypto is perhaps not
2: that decentralized well here's and what that, here, here, let me let me put those to bed right now mr hero here's what hey, separates it the fact I'm that i can For that would you I can go on right now and I can spin up my own Ethereum node right now. Nobody's going to stop me. And by doing that, I can now run any transaction I want through the Ethereum network through my own node. Nobody can stop me. No one can say, hey, publisher, stop doing that. It's my fucking node. No one can stop me. Correct. That, that, that's, that's my pushback. That's the, that's the core of decentralization right there, right? Well, that's,
1: all, that's all true. You're right. I mean, you know, and you're going to use, are you using Geth? What would you use?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, it'd be geth yeah, for sure. Just because it's the, the easiest, right? But but you have options. I wouldn't have to, right? That's the beauty yeah. of it. I wouldn't have well, to.
1: Well, so you might you might see the trap I'm setting, right? Is so, it mm-hmm. like death runs 70% I know. of the nodes, right? I know,
2: but it's it's shifting, Mr. Hero. It's shifting. I know, people. but my <laughs> point
1: is though, like you fire up Geth and you are also again contributing to the centralization of ETH, right? And so I don't know, like I'm really struggling to see. How the decentralization works long term. Guys, like, I mean, like, Diego's about to jump through the internet and choke me. Like, I can can feel it. You know, he's like, you know, and he wants to call me a bear and all. And, but like, I'm the bullish dude ever on crypto, but I am like always going to critique us because I'm, you know, because I'm like, well, what are we doing really here? And as far as I can tell, is we're building shit that allows us to centralize. And I'm thinking, well, is that how we should be building? I mean, should we really be building like this long-term that allows, you know, legacy institutions to accumulate ETH to own validation networks and essentially own, you know, proof of stake? I don't know. That's a policy choice. You know, you can take an EIP on that. EIP six nine six nine four twenty four twenty might get you there. I don't know, you know. I but, vote for um, it. it <laughs> but, you know, like, this is real stuff. And so, like, when you talk, you, you know, you you guys know, like, I don't know anything about the tech really. Like I can kind of talk the lingo and I sort of get it, but I would never claim I really get it. Cause honestly, if you can't code, you don't understand it. Like I really believe that. And so um, like I can say, yeah, so Geth owns, has a 70% validator or node. I mean, more accurately market share, fine. And there's four or five other options and maybe there's 30 more I don't know about. But at the end of the day, like if geth goes down, like we saw on, like optimism, perfect example, right? I mean, you know, their geth crashed, dude. And I mean, essentially optimism was offline, right? And so there's another L2 that went offline. They can never again say they haven't gone offline. And then, and then what? Are they a chain you want to build on? Um, I, I love optimism as, uh, as publisher knows, but, you know, they screwed up. And, you know, they, they whatever happened in their coding when they did that upgrade that made that geth, uh, is it a for, would that be a fork, technically, or what would it be?
2: Technically, no. No. I mean, I, I, I guess technically it is a fork, you know, if you're getting down to the nitty gritty of getting the code, copying it, and then running it over there on Optimism. But I mean, yeah, right. Technically, it's the same damn thing. It's just... running on a... They
1: they also, so like they running a geth node had downtime, right? Their validator was down. That's right. And so like, why wouldn't that happen again with proof of stake when you have 70% of all of those stakers running or all those nodes, you know, running geth? Like, how is that not just a huge concern that nobody's talking about? Like, I just don't get it. Like, it's a huge issue, dude. And you have one bad piece of code like one, I mean, line of code that sucks that someone screws up and 70% of the validators are toast, dude. Like that. I mean, how can that be really decentralized?
2: It's a fair question, partner. It's a fair this question. Actually, um this
1: is what I've worked. I mean, I'm I'm trying to figure this out. Like and then you can like suck up ETH and then you can stake the hell out of it and control it that way too. And like, how is not Ethereum just subject to these huge attacks long term, right? Like I I just I'm struggling like I, I I mean, you guys know I'm not a maxi. I love East more than anything. I own more of that than anything else. But my God, like if we don't talk about the stuff,
2: we can't make it better. But nobody wants to talk about it, dude. I'll talk about like, it. <laughs> I'll talk about it all day with you. I think <laughs> has many, many um, could have many unforeseen consequences. We don't know. The the proof of stake consensus model that we are rolling out for Ethereum, granted, is much much different than every other proof of stake consensus model that's out there. Um, okay,
1: so let's th- let's talk about that. That's that's a great point. So let's talk about like um uh what what is another favorite proof of stake
2: Avalanche, delegated Avalanche, delegated right? proof of stake is the is the the Cardano model <laughs>
1: or Cardano right, which is totally but like also like proof of stake. I mean, like there's like ten or twelve proof of stake chains. There are right? there are, um, yeah. and so let's like. How are they different? I actually don't know. This is a real question. I'm not even being like rhetorical.
2: <laughs> so delegated proof of stake requires uh, the the pool model, right? Where you, you set up these uh, these validator pools, right? And then you go and you put your, your native token in these pools and then those pools are the things that are actually doing the, uh, the consensus on the chain. Um, Ethereum's proof of stake is different is it, though?
1: I mean, it is. isn't your 32E it is.
2: just your pool and you call it something different? No, no, because you can stake that 32E to become a validator. You don't have to do it in a pool. You can you can be an individual validator if well, you have 32E. You, e. you have to pool in Cardano. Like yes. A okay. Right. Yep. Those pools are the only those pools are the, uh, the consensus or uh, the, the, the validators on the chain. Um,
1: is the the delegation like this is a real question like i mean just to get back to gmn for a minute guys and uh you're very patient with our little side rants. um so like with gmn last night right so the article was uh ens brantley uh milligan and you know the issues with he being delegated votes, and then you know blah 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 so i mean the question is like does the delegation model in cardano is it similar where you have like me so say i have a thousand you know 88 right um and i can go assign it to someone in the cardano community to then vote on my behalf right or to validate on my behalf
2: you would send it to a pool and then that pool would validate on your behalf yes is that pool not owned by something though like that pool is owned by a person yes and that person that that single person actually ends up getting the lion's share of any um, any fees that actually in any what little fees do come in on those pools they, they end up getting 90 percent of all of it and then the well, states so get
0: very very little
1: but like so in the end it's like actually like a really similar model right and so like i mean if we're going to use i mean whether you're talking about tokenomics or governance right and so in a, in a governance model you know you delegate your vote to somebody else based upon the reputation and then they vote for you and you don't think about it again, right? And the theory is, is the community is more participatory uh, because there's more voting, even though it's a more centralized voting structure. And we can't even argue that delegation is not more centralized, like of course it is, right? Uh, But the counter argument is it's actually maybe more decentralized because you have actual more shares voting. That's a bullshit argument, but whatever. Um, With Cardano, same deal, right? Like you are trusting a personality with your ADA to go vote, you know how you would vote or how you would. I mean, essentially, because I mean, staking would be voting in that scenario. Do you have right? to
0: choose a validator. Do you have to delegate, or it sounds you like don't you have do, to? Right? Well,
1: not like, necessarily. <laughs> you
2: can't. You do have the option. You can spin up your own pool, right? You can start your own pool and you can start and, and, and put your 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 ADA in there. Right. Uh, but... But the way that the, the problem with that though is that the way that consensus model works is that it goes by pool size. So the pool, the pools that have the largest uh, the largest ADA staked are the ones that are most likely to get the the validation reward, right? To get the uh, the 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 ADA emission.
1: But hold on, how's that different than anything that happens in, in on BTC or in, on Ethereum under proof of work? Isn't it the same? I mean, the more computing power you have, the more likely your mm-hmm. odds are getting the block, right? Yep, exactly
0: in proof of stake uh, the more money you have it's likely you're going to get the reward exactly that's, like that's if, I, if i'm staking uh,
1: you know 300 eth right like it's just more likely that i'm going to get that block you know right um I, i'm struggling guys like the I wealthiest think. validators often
0: rewarded yeah. on the system, in the system
1: real quick to diego like hey pal i know you got to run i love you brother thank you for being here enjoy your wreath wreath <laughs> <laughs> oh e3o e- 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 rio, rio e-, e whatever you guys are e- calling it rio. christmas whatever it is e- you know um e3o e- e- like it's rio yeah Will you please exactly. tell everybody down in e3o that we love them deeply uh up here in north america um i'll silently dox gelfy uh no i won't um and uh you know i mean truly though like dude diego um i respect you more than you know i think you're an amazing human being you're such a huge impacting contributor to the crypto space. And I thank you for being you. Plus one
2: to that, my friend.
3: So, thank, thanks a lot, guys. It was unexpected. Uh, I, I don't know how to say. Just it's a, it's an honor to be here. And I've been learning a lot with you guys. And just thanks. Thanks a lot.
1: I feel the same. I learned a lot from you. And it's an honor to spend space with you, man.
3: Like, I mean that 10,000%, dude. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thanks for the, yeah, it it's it's what this kind of experience, you know, this this sharing with you with you guys, that's what makes me in this space because some days are really hard, you know. Stress, I feel like I have stressful. no energy. <laughs> yeah. And no, but every time that I, I I have this, this good vibe from someone, it's yeah. What makes me going. It's really, thanks a a lot for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It it is
1: like, take two two days and just like get away from keys and like, you'll just want to go and write a new story again. Like burnout (laughs) feel like it's okay. (laughs) Like, it's fine. It happens. You're tired because you're. You're too engaged. Like you just seem to disengage for a bit. Like, trust me. Holy shit. Trust me. Um <laughs> All right, brother, get out of here, man. Go enjoy E3O, dude.
3: <laughs> okay, friends. See you next week. See you. Dude. All Cheers, right, friends.
0: Hey guys, going back to the uh, proof of stake stuff that you guys were are talking about. Uh I think that proof proof of stake, they they scale better than proof of work as they can more easily include a higher amount of transactions in the network. Uh, And also, I think, proof of stake kind of mitigates the problem of a hacker or a malicious uh, validator taking control of the blockchain. Uh, If you read uh, the Ethereum 2.0 proposal thing, uh, it's extremely and practically expensive for someone to own a majority stake in the network. Uh, so there is no, there is like no virtually no incentive to try to attack the networks. Uh, so
2: I want to push back a little yeah, bit. Mr. I, I do too let me, you go let first, me just say, yeah. so you don't need to have 51% of the network to to be in control of it. Right. I know that doesn't make sense, but let me, let me just, let me go with right. this tr- train of thought here yeah i think the worry is right now you've got well, let's let's say three huge powers in the, in the crypto space right those are coinbase binance and ftx you can make the argument that they run the show here right they they are in full control and i think the worry for a lot of people and i, I assume this is a worry for hero as well is that those three those three exchanges are now going to have even more control of the network right because clearly they're going to hold. More Ethereum than anybody else, right? Than anyone can hold between those three, uh, those three companies or those three exchanges, and he, no one can compete with that. There's, there's no, uh, there, there is no ETH whale out there that that even come close to matching what those three entities have. So, That's- if you end up in a situation where you've got 33 percent, or let's say 32 percent here, 32 percent there. 32% there and then 2% to the rest of us retail folks. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a problem. They may not have 51% of the network, but that's a problem.
1: So let me, let me hit that real quick. I mean, just, you know, because just to like be anti bear or whatever the hell I am, I'm not a bear audience, just so we're clear. I mean, human. <laughs> um, and so, uh, right. Like, so in the centralized changes, ETH is locked down. Right. And so until, the merge happens if you have staked ETH on any centralized exchange, you can't pull it out. It's you look, you know, and so um, you know, those numbers that we saw the other day that scared the hell out of us, right? Um, are they true numbers, but they're also like misleading because we can't unstake it. Like I'll 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 be fully honest, I have ETH staked through Coinbase like bad hero, you know, but also like good hero because it was pre-Lido. And I was like to spend it on like illiquid JPEG. So like I needed to like stop myself somehow.
2: <laughs> That's a great way to do it. I think and it's brilliant. I
1: that shit so I couldn't touch it. Um, and so, but I mean, you know, after merge like that, theoretically, uh, you know, and I think it's true, will be released by the centralized exchanges for us to go do what we want with, right? And majority of so, people
0: are going to just, just uh, sell it. I, well, they're going to
1: sell it or they're going to, I mean, if they sell it, That's awesome. So ETH crashes and I buy a lot more, right? I mean, you know, like, so like Anthony Cezano, who we all know, um, you know, I don't follow him too closely, but I love his recent tweets about just cracking jokes about ETH crash to 100, right? I'm like, yeah, dude, please crash to 100. Like, oh my God, can I mortgage my house 10,000 times over? You know, Um, but the truth is like somewhere in between, you know, and so they're going to, we're going to get to unstake, you know, from the sometimes changes. Gelfi, you're right. You know, there's going to be a lot of selling that happens right then. Like for sure. And it's going to crash. Dude. No one talks about that part but either.
0: Look, uh, if someone tries to attack Ethereum, a, a huge amount of their staked tokens would be like slashed. You, you know, I know, like think they attempt to manipulate it. the
1: block, right? I agree. And that's the thing right about the consensus mechanism and the penalization and the bonding within it, right? Um,
0: so it's Actually, pretty much very, very expensive for any one of these companies to like try to attack the, the blockchain. Well, so that's
1: the question that no one's run the analysis on. Right. I mean, if we're going to get serious for a quick sec, I mean, like, so when does it economically viable to attack a network? Right. And like, what do the rewards look like for doing that uh, versus, you know, the slashes and the bonding issues that happen when you you know purposely do you know false confirmations? I don't know that we know that yet.
2: So and here's my here here would be my worry with the with the with a 33, 33, 33% would be that it's not the exchanges that are going to do something nefarious, right? They have every reason to be sure, as honest as possible. Yeah, exactly. The 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 issue is is and this is already true with our centralized exchanges, is they are a point a single point of failure, right, for a nefarious actor to attack. So Bingo. let's just say we get Five years down the road, we've got the consensus model out. Things have played out the way we have or the way that we're talking here. And the exchanges have a lot of control over the network. Nothing bad's happened in this five years. But now a nefarious actor comes in, attacks Binance, gets into their their uh, their hot wallet or their cold wallet storage and is able to extract that 33 percent of the E. I seriously doubt that they're going to have that same um skin in the game that the exchanges had, right? They're gonna, they're gonna try to dump that shit as much as possible and or do something even worse, right? Because now they've got 33% of the network. Yeah, it could get real ugly real quick. Um, Can we ask
1: some really fun questions real quick though? Like I, I like this. This is a game, I mean Gelfi like this is what happens when you're just awake all the time is you just sit there <laughs> in your brain. You know, and so like I wonder sometimes like what does the coinbase cold wallet look like? <laughs> You know, and like, I mean, do they have, you know, like, like a, like a thousand ledgers, you know, <laughs> you know, a hundred million dollars each on them. Uh, like how do, how do they, is like, uh, here's my real question, right? Um, is there, is there something we don't know about that's like a type of institutional cold
2: storage? There is, yeah, they're called uh, vaults, right? It's the Coinbase vaults that they use.
1: But what is that? But but at the end of the day, though, it's just going to be a private key and a public key, right?
2: I think I think what they are, it, it, it's it's uh, it's cold storage, but it's like a multi sig cold storage. Yeah, I figured it must be multi sig. I wonder how many signatures are on that thing. Um, that's a good question. I don't know.
1: So you, hopefully, hopefully more than one, <laughs> oh God, you know, I mean, like even like in our little worlds that we live in, like, it's so funny, right? Like we're, t- we're we, like, we live in, in the, you know, the projects I'm part of and the guilds I'm part of and stuff. I mean, we're in the tens of thousands of USD, right? Like we're not in the hundreds of thousands or the millions and we fret over two to three, you know, four of seven, five of nine, like <laughs> what do we do? You know, how do you balance efficiency of, of paying people with, um With security, right? And like, if I were Coinbase, I would want like, you know, a thousand out of a thousand one won, <laughs> to be able For to sure. find a transaction, you know. And um, but truthfully, it's probably like Brian fucking Armstrong and like three of his girlfriends, you know. Who so,
2: <laughs> you know, you're not. So this is actually a really interesting rabbit hole to go down. There are rumors. I don't know if you guys have heard this, and uh, I can't confirm any of it, but there are rumors out there. That uh, when when the president of El Salvador wants to buy his Bitcoin, he just sends a text message to uh, <laughs> old, what's his name uh, the the Strike guy. Uh, oh, uh, Colin or not Colin, but uh, Jack Jack something or other. Oh oh Strike oh yeah Jack oh Twitter dude yeah right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. of course Jack Jack Dorsey no no Thank not, you not Jack Dorsey not oh, that's not what I'm thinking of. Are you talking about
1: Stripe or are you talking about Lightning or are you talking strike, about
2: Strike Strike the the Lightning app. That that they're using in El Salvador. Um, I don't
1: know who controls, nah, I don't know like, who that
2: is. But anyways,
1: anyway, Jack Dorsey is a Twitter guy, though. You're right about that, Gelfie. Yeah,
2: huh. we got Nazi, right? Anyway, <laughs> so he's basically just sending this guy a text message saying that he wants to buy Bitcoin, and then this guy goes and just buys it on Coinbase and then sends it to them. Fucking terrorist, right? That's amazing.
1: And so, but this is like what I'm, this is kind of like what I'm getting at. So, right? Like we have all these, you know, mirrors of security, but they're self-delusional and self-reflective. And so like, what does, like, what does it look like if you're Coinbase and you have, so there's 10 million, like hopefully today we get to write about
2: that. I Jack, Jack Maulers, Maulers, Jack Maulers. Who's Jack Mollers? He owns the uh, the Strike payment app. That, that runs the lightning network. It's just him. He built the damn app himself and he runs the whole damn thing. And it's basically just him on his cell phone running the entire network. Oh, and wow. what it so is, is anytime someone puts yeah. in a, <laughs> yeah, anytime someone puts in a Bitcoin order through the strike app, he just goes and buys that Bitcoin on Coinbase. Okay. And it sends it wow. to him through his app that he built. I love that. That's brilliant, right? Let's face it, that's <laughs> kind of
1: it, is, no, but it's brilliant. <laughs> so, I mean like mafia brilliant, but still brilliant. Uh-huh. Um, well, so like, like truly, 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 real question Coinbase publicly traded a company, right? Um, uh, I don't own any of their stock for obvious reasons, but like, do I, do I ever, if I were to buy, go, go buy a share, I guess I can't buy 0.00001 share like I could of something else, but if I bought a share of Coinbase, would I have a right to inspect records to figure out who was on the multi sig? and how those funds are being held. I'm super curious, right? Like what, where's the money at,
2: you know?
0: You can uh, certainly join, a, uh, <laughs> right.
2: you can join like an investor's call or whatever.
1: I, I just really want to um, know, like just, just generally, yeah. uh, you know, as a Coinbase <laughs> user, I'm, I, I'll, I'm happy to say that I use Coinbase. I also use Binance and I use uh, Gemini. What up,
0: Winklevoss? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but, like, fine. But they, like, have, they have people's money, money like, right? So when you stake a Coinbase, they probably have, like, a contract with you. So I don't think they can use your staked ETH there to do anything else besides staking it. I
1: don't, I think, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, it's a good question, Yelpie. Like, I don't know. They're like a bank where, like, we just pretend that they hold my money, but they really just lend it out. And then one day when I ask for it, I hope they still have some. You know, I mean, because that's how banks work, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) essentially, you know, Um, or is there a deeper contract where, like, you know, my X amount of ETH that I have staked with them, they have to keep it in the pool and can't play around with it and then find ETH for me later? Like, like, because essentially, guys, right, like the deep secret of banks is it's a Ponzi scheme, right? (laughs) Um, Except we, you know, and like, I'm not one of these guys who's like, oh, Fiat, Ponzi, we're all going to burn, like whatever. Like, I'm not that hardcore crypto. I'm like, yeah, it's the greatest thing ever. It's the next revolution, period. I don't think banks are a Ponzi scheme, like just FYI, but they are a Ponzi scheme, just FYI, right? Because mm-hmm. um, there's no, like, it's not like the $2 I put in to the bank are the $2 I get out,
2: right? right. It's somebody else's $2. It, you know? it, by definition, you're, you're absolutely right. It, technically... Is and, Ponzi that was,
1: and that's what a Ponzi scheme is, right? Mm-hmm. Except there's enough people that are participating in the system, or there's enough you know churn where I get my money back every time, and there's some government backing, right? But um, but still a Ponzi scheme. Well,
0: we've seen <clears> live <throat> like what's going, what happened in, in Russia. People just ran to the bank to get their money out. You know, with the okay. fractional reserve thing, they they didn't have all the money, so right. they kind of had to limit people from yeah. from withdrawn it and okay so people just okay let's just buy crypto instead and you know get out of the system that's one thing uh because we don't know what's going to happen next uh we don't know if there's going to be a hype inflation whatever is going to happen and you know, like everyone decides to to get their money out of the banks do the banks have all the money I don't think no. they do. Definitely not. <laughs> no, I don't. Think and I'll they tell do. you
2: one thing. One thing that we've seen, you know, over the past two weeks as well, is an acceleration in the decline of the U.S. dollar as a world reserve currency. Right? Our <laughs> our idea to out. sanction Russia with everything we had, right, to give them the harshest sanctions possible, ended up just backfiring on the U.S. and showing the rest of the world hey, maybe you don't want to hold your, your treasuries in this, this, uh, this currency, right? And other nations seem to be waking up to that. It's a uh, volatile asset, man. <laughs> it is. Like I, have a, I, have a theory.
0: I have a theory that goes up in my mind. Um, U.S. has the power to print you know, <laughs> dollars, and the dollar gets observed by the market. And it, it, we see that. So last year, for uh, in 2020, when coronavirus happened, they're able to print what a third uh, of all the money they, all the dollars that exist, mm-hmm. ever exist. Yep. Yeah, and and the market is just going to observe it. You know, everyone everyone is like freaking out. Okay, let's. But wh- what are they gonna do? Where are they gonna go? They're not gonna buy UN. They're not gonna buy you know, lyrics. And they're not gonna buy <laughs> ruble. They're gonna buy dollars. And, right. But I think now the politicians they are kind of worried about people not buying dollars anymore it was in the
2: that was part of the executive order that that language was used in the order They do
0: stop buying the dollars then we're we're screwed because what what's the u.s debt right now
2: 30 plus
1: trillion yeah
0: and they it's you know they need inflation they need to keep printing more money in order to pay this debt Right, because they they spend every year what almost a trillion in in the military. They more. They spend they, more and more eight, and more.
1: Well, eight hundred billion on paper and X amount of billion off paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So they're not collecting as much on taxes to pay off this debt and. Well, the, the you only want to know
1: Gelfi, which is really interesting, is we actually had our highest tax collections ever last year, right? Oh I wow! Mean, <laughs> but the but the problem is our spending is just insane,
0: right? Because there's like in, a, also inflation, right? Was seven percent? Of course, everyone, every everyone got more money in their pockets.
1: Well, inflation sure. like, like more recent. I mean, we we've, we've been under inflation for a bit, right? But I mean, the seven eight percent stuff is pretty new. It's it's a huge deal, though. Like in your like it's so astute of you, Gelfi, to like. Think about the way that you know inflation works with monetary policy because you're totally right, and um, and the real question is, is like, Bitcoin in particular is spun as an anti-inflationary investment, right? Um, but what we're seeing in the end is that you know most cryptocurrencies are like the major ones are pegged to dollar fluctuations, the market fluctuations, right? I mean, we started off this conversation publisher, right? By saying, if you overlaid the NASDAQ you know, to Bitcoin, it would essentially be a mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen that, but I believe you. And and what does that really mean? I mean, does that mean that you're actually building a separate independent economic system?
2: I honestly think the thesis still holds, right? Because I think, at least for, for me anyway, I've always believed like you, that crypto is the way, right? That, that in the end, this is the the best technology ever. And it's going to be the thing that saves us. However, in the meantime, as the world continues to implode on itself, crypto absolutely goes down with the ship. I think the thesis for me has always been that crypto will be the thing that rises from the ashes, right? Mm. It's going to be a painful fall down, but (laughs) I think we're in the right place for, for the great reset as Dalio would call it, right? Yeah, I think you're right, you know, Ray Dalio is obviously
1: all over that shit, you know? And so like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, are we gonna see sub 1000 ETH? Good. I, I think so. I actually yeah. think so too, to be honest, right? Um, what about you, Gelfi? Do you see sub 1000 ETH? Do you, do you see Ethereum? Ethereum is not a currency, sorry. Do you see ether <laughs> going uh, below 1000?
0: Um, I don't see that.
1: USD.
2: Don't
0: don't, see it. I don't see it.
1: Publisher, Um, why do
2: you see it? Oh, I think we've just got some very terrible macro headwinds ahead of us, right? I think it's hard for me right now to look at what we've got going on in the world and be optimistic about... Financial markets, right? People have bigger fucking worries right now. We're for crying out loud, we're talking about nuclear annihilation, you know, on a daily basis. I, I don't think anyone gives a shit about their their Bitcoin portfolio right now. People are just scared, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. I think Amen. there's there's probably a lot more fear to come, and that's going to be bad for the U.S.'s economy. That's going to be bad for global economies.
1: But doesn't fear drive uh, adoption of new technology?
2: I think so. I think so. I think this is just part of the process that we're going to have to go through, because, you know, at the end of the day, what we're what we are witnessing right now is kind of the crumbling of the old infrastructure, right? It's all very much kind of falling down around these old institutions and they are just doing everything they can to stay relevant and stay alive. That's a fact. Um, you ever joke in your own minds that Swift isn't very
1: Swift? You know? It's it's two days Swift. Uh, (laughs) Very oxymoronic, isn't it? Sort of like like the Greek messenger gods, you know. Um, Hermes is coming, but he's coming slowly. Uh (laughs) you know, so like from your perch, you know, you are a multi-dimensional, multi-global human. Like, where do you see us going, pal?
0: So to be honest uh I you know I don't I don't I don't know if you guys ever been I mean you did uh, I don't know if you guys ever been to any uh, lived anywhere else outside United States but uh there is clearly a uh relation you know the world depends on the dollar uh and if United States cannot control it cannot like take care of it people are gonna find a new way to negotiate so what I see now happening is uh China gaining lots of control in the in the region. Uh they're they're trying to they're manipulating their own currents to you know like developing their own currents against the dollar. Uh, but they are buying lands all over and they already have, they already have the, their own stablecoin, you know, like their own private blockchain, whatever. And what I see from now on is people accepting other types of payments. So let's say the other day I was, I was trying to buy a car uh, here where I live. And I text a guy, hey, do you, do you take crypto? The guy, yes, I do. So I see signs of people adopting this new money.
1: Wait a minute, slow down, Gelfi. Did you buy a car with a crypto,
0: dude? I pay my rent with crypto. I oh, yeah, only yeah. buy food with dollars. To be honest, yeah. I get paid crypto. I pay my rent. My 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 landlord uh, takes crypto as, as as payment. Oh, give me a break! I so bought a car is- with crypto. So that's what, what I'm saying. People are seeing what's going on, right? So inflation is right there. People are okay. I'm if dollar is is, is getting crushed. And uh there is a alternative uh, uh uncensor uh censorship resistant money where I can definitely buy stuff. So I I I work for the Bankless Brazil Dow, right? And they have a different currency than I than I do. I, I use dollars on my daily life. They use reais. But we all transact with each other in crypto. We don't we don't know what dollars is anymore. Inside the I, DAO, we pay everyone else in crypto and we buy stuff with crypto. You know, yeah, I, I
2: agree oh. that the adoption is happening, Gelfi, and it's growing. It's growing exponentially, right? I think my, my point was is that all the adoption from people like us, right, as, as poor folk of the world isn't isn't shit relative to the United States economy going down, right? If the. US stock market collapses, if the US economy continues to decline, that's dragging every asset down with it. We can continue to trade back and forth. With, with our silly little little online magical money but that's not gonna stop it from going down in price right the, the price action will inevitably well, suffer on. from I an a economic couple collapse things, a couple
1: things real quick right i mean first of all i mean gelfie like plus one plus one plus one holy shit i love you uh, that's <laughs> um so like I do still look at crypto as an anti-dollar investment, right? Mm-hmm. Like even though it's like largely been pegged to it by its own market forces. And so, do we? Let me ask two questions. First, Gelfi, do you guys use a different token to compensate inside of Bankless Brazil? I've heard that you guys have something that's not bank that you pay with. Is that right?
0: No, uh, we we decided to use the bank token from the Bankless DAO. That's okay, our so main good. token, uh, okay. but we uh, we just lost fifty percent of our treasury. <laughs> uh, so we're trying to we we, we also have Ethereum yeah. in our in our um, balance sheet, but we we're, we're trying to use stablecoin to uh, UST or uh, Dai. To, to pay uh I can
1: only dream that Bankless Dow cares about diversifying the treasury. Different topic. What up Bankless Dow yeah, it, it <laughs> needs to it needs to to preserve uh preserve the Oh, freaking desperately, right? right? But, like, do you do that? I mean, how do you do that at three cents, right? I mean, it looks like a great idea at 15
0: cents.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to do now. Um, If you go down
0: to Brazil or Argentina, which which are like emerging countries, and I said it before, Brazil got more people with uh, holding crypto than investing in the stock market right now, as Argentina does. If you go down there, try to buy something with the dollar. You can't. They don't, they, they rather take crypto now than dollars, you know, try to get yeah. your haircut. They're going to, Oh, you take Bitcoin, you take Ethereum. Yes, I do oh, here. Come on, man. Like I'm really? telling you, that's true. So that's you don't, you, we don't, we're not seeing this. We're not seeing the adoption, the mass adoption in the United States right now. In fact, United States, not the number one country adopting crypto emerging countries are look at India. Over a hundred million people investing in crypto. Look Maybe at Brazil. Number. Over so. like 10 million people already. Argentina, more than half of the population already investing in crypto. So take these as examples that people are, are trying to be less dependent on the dollar. And that's scaring that's scaring the American politicians. One thing that I one one thing that I see is the politicians here, they have, you know. They they don't want to rule against their own thing. Uh, they they are they have uh, inside informations. They make millions and millions millions of dollars on the stock market uh, by just having inside informations. And back in t- twenty fourteen they they rule. Uh, uh, they pass a bill that if they don't disclosure disclosure their investments, they would have to pay a fine. Guess how much that is? Two hundred dollars. One dollar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two hundred dollars. So Nancy Pelosi, I mean. for example, she makes what two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Nancy, Nancy
2: Pelosi's Pelosi. husband owns the New York Stock Exchange. I mean, that's you can just end true. the state, actually, sentence that, there. That's actually true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> that's like you—you do do you need to look any further into American corruption and politics than than just that. Like you can seriously just stop the sentence there and just be done with it. Like yeah. So the the, the thing that How's I'm that trying legal? to say, the
0: thing huh. that I'm trying to say here is. <laughs> There is uh, uh, the dollar manipulation, not just a dollar, but any other country um, politician's manipulation is is uh, what's gonna bring people to to crypto. Uh, people already know that every every politician is out there does some stupid shit, like they they're gonna print as much money as as they can, they're gonna corrupt and whatever. And it's not just in America; it's in Brazil, it's in every other country. And you know why? Because they have the power to control the the uh, you know finance. They they have the power to control the financial system. Once they lose that power, then I think that's how we're gonna we're not gonna well, like look that gets at crypto to my point, with though, guilty right because. More.
2: If the American, what, let's, let's go through that thought process. What does that mean, right? If the American, if the, if America loses its power as the world reserve currency, what does that mean? Well, that means the American economy has just fucking collapsed, right? And that means the global economy has collapsed right alongside it. Now, um, where do you go?
0: Are you going to be? My point What's is that you, hold on, hold on. That you go to
2: crypto.
1: That's a little bit dramatic though, Pub, like, why? There are another you think like, the, 10 nations who don't have the dominant world currency, right? But they,
2: they, tra- they it's global trade hero. It it all comes down to global trade and
0: being other, denominated
2: like, in US dollars or at least backing oh, in I US dollars. It. And
1: I'm being right? and I'm being double advocacy right now, like for fun, right? But like totally. But just like um but like say you're China, right? Number two, last time I checked. Maybe, maybe. And um if, no. if the no, U.S. Not, the US is China's current. number
2: one yeah. trade partner, right? If the, US if the U.S. goes down, yeah. if the economy collapses, who's China going to trade with? Nobody. Now but, their economy uh, collapses, right? right? It is a domino effect across the board.
1: I, I agree with you completely, you know, but my, I guess my, my question or my interjection was more about, you know, what does it mean to be a dominant currency by yourself, right? And, <laughs> like, that's you a good know, question. And that's what I mean, like, I mean, you can't. So like we talk about the the U.S. dollar being, you know, the de facto currency of trade, which it is. And, you know, the petrodollar being what it is. And, you know, the amount of infrastructure it takes U.S. military to support that, um, fine. But like, like, it's not like we're, like the U.S. is alone <laughs> in this equation, right? It literally takes the rest of the world to make this thing function. And so like, for me, the question is more like, what does it look like when, yeah, the dollar, you know, doesn't become the dominant global monetary paradigm, but what does it mean to live in a system where trade is now not dependent on a singular center, right? And it becomes more multipolar. Um, I
2: think my, I think my point here, guys, was that there, if that situation were to play out, let's say the dollar goes to zero, right? You are going to have a period of time where shit is going to get really dark, really ugly, and really hard for people, right? That could be a year, that could be two years, that could be a decade. There will be another side to it, right? We will come out on the other side of it. There will be survivors of something like that. And we don't know what, you know, the, the new world currency could be fucking Bitcoin for all we know. The point is, is there in a in a decline like that? There is inevitably going to be a period of time where there is a lot of pain that is going to be inescapable. I don't care where you live.
1: All true, all true. Maybe, maybe true, maybe true. Um, Wow, Gelfie, did you expect a podcast like this today? This has been (laughs) uh, the longest podcast ever
0: produced GM, yeah, I mean, huh?
1: but we have been like all over the board man i mean i don't know Pub. like i'm struggling to argue with you but i'm struggling to agree with you you know what i mean and i think it's my lack of understanding about what it really means to be you know the currency of the world i'll, like, tell,
0: I'll tell you what what i what i see well, no. uh from being you know i am younger than you guys are but not too younger uh but When I see when I talk to someone that is only like 18 years old or 20 years old, uh, ask them, what's your expectation to buy yourself a home or to buy yourself whatever? And, you know, it it, it seems like it's getting harder and harder for someone to to be uh, to kind of free themselves. You know, seems like they are slaves to the system. And as you know, when you're 18 years old, what are you, what are you going to do?
2: I have spent my entire adulthood, my entire adult life. Right. Making peace with the fact that I will work until I'm dead and that there is no retirement in my future. It wasn't until I found crypto that I finally began to have. Exactly.
0: The same for me. Like I I was just like, okay, what I, what am I going to do? So if I, if I wanted to go to college here, well, I have to borrow a hundred thousand dollars to pay over you know in 20 years uh and then if you if i want to buy a house i have to borrow now in seattle million dollars or eight hundred thousand dollars to buy a house and when i'm 70 okay then i paid off everything and and i'm done so i don't i don't you know when people realize that they are enslaved to the system and things are just getting more and more expensive and and you look at crypto. Oh, here's another chance—a different, uh, a parallel financial system. Uh, there is—it's borderless. There is—you know—you can do whatever. Uh, it's it's different. So what? Uh, you, the older generation, the boomers, they're not gonna—they're not gonna regulate this. The newer people, the millennials, they are the future generation they are the ones that are going to adopt crypto so it might take five ten years but that's the the real thing here you know boomers old people they're gonna stay behind with their dollars account you know inflating over and over but the new newer generations are gonna just trade in crypto right that's that's how i see it
2: yeah no i couldn't agree more
0: there is no way for someone in ten years, like for for your kids, hero, when they grow up, or my kids when they grow up, there's no way that they're gonna go. Okay, I'm not I'm not buying this with Bitcoin. I'm not buying this with Ethereum, or I'm not buying this whatever. You know what I mean? So when that, whenever they're like twenty, if they work for uh, remotely, if they work for any company online, they're gonna get paid crypto that's for sure and you know i think that's that's how it, that's how it's gonna go if if ethereum and bitcoin does their uh what's what's been promised that they're going to go up in price because i don't know like but bitcoin only 21 million ethereum is going to be deflationary uh and you know it's just the reality it's the new reality actually so Honestly, governments all over the world like are a little bit scared to lose control of the fina- their financial uh, system. It's not just U.S., it's everywhere.
1: Yeah, but this is like my point from a few, a few weeks ago, right? Like, won't they just buy all the ETH and control it again?
0: So that's the point. So uh, developers, everyone has thought about it. And they are building something to be... Uh, resistant to 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 nation state attacks especially ethereum if you if you read if you go to vitalik.ca blog there is entire blog post like it's a long blog talking about it there is some mathematical equations uh what like whatever they're they're trying to achieve is to be uh, state nation resistance because they they can also create all the money and try to buy all the crypto but I don't uh, well, think that's I mean, going awesome. I
1: mean, like, I don't know that, like, math helps you there, right? Because it's just like, again, to go back to supply and demand, like, I am Saudi Arabia. I have, you know, $5 trillion, you know, to spend. And I'm going to go buy all the Ethereum, all the Ethereum. I've done it twice today. This is, this is an editing. So we did an editing test. <laughs> our, our illustrious um, editor, True Cat and I did an editing test for the Writers Guild, at Bankless now. and we, one of the tricks we did is we threw Ethereum in as like being the name of a token, right? Which obviously it's not. But I've caught myself up twice now today. Um, couldn't Saudi Arabia buy all the ETH, all the ether um, available for their five trillion, and essentially just then own it?
0: No, I think that if they they okay if they want to inject five trillion into the system, the price of it, the ether is just gonna go up. I don't I don't I don't think people are just gonna sell all their ETH for one one wallet you know ledger is, is well, I get public. It. like
1: over but over time
0: right i mean like and it happens over you know
1: a thousand wallets or ten thousand wallets
0: but that's, over time that, that's like the thing Ethereum, play, ether right? is not ether is not limit to uh like bitcoin to 20 million 21 million ether is not a limit it's always going to be well i mean if the you, pipe dream comes created. true it's
2: going to be deflationary right and that you know you can make the argument that that's even worse <laughs> you're it's producing the this a <laughs> right and so like it's
1: actually worse because they, they, that's exactly right that's where i'm going Pub. right and so like if we're you know if we're activating deflationary pressure on ethereum by virtue of the merge and then the later developments um that we talked about on the ethereum roadmap you know i mean the holdings only get more concentrated over time, right? And they become less decentralized over time. I mean, I'm going to beat this thing until I figure it out. Like, guys, the only reason I talk about this all the time because I'm still confused about it, right? And so the only way that I learn stuff is to either like talk about it until I get it or to write about it. And I haven't really found the right angle to write about it uh, from yet. And so I just like on these podcasts, Gelfie, I'm sorry, friend. Um, I'm just like constantly going, Centralized, centralized, centralized. Because, like, for me, my brain goes, that's where it's going to go. You know, in, in the absence of some EIP I can't foresee, um, you know, or some, I mean, what do we really need, guys? What we really need is like some super dope tech, right? Like some kind of insane ZK roll up that allows us to stake like 0.1 ETH, you know, a piece, but also have the same security that we'd have, you know, through these other, you know, consensus mechanisms we talk about. I mean, that's really the gold standard, right? Is like we all can stake from our houses with no real uh, bottom limit on what we have to have to stake to be an, a legitimate validator, you know?
0: There are yeah. 300,000 validators on the Ethereum network. Ethereum 2.0, 300,000. Well, if you compare don't know that, that to Cardano, Cardano is only 2,000. But Cardano is highly centralized and we know
1: that, right? And so like... Um, I mean, that's why publisher and C double like bash me about owning ADA, right? <laughs> it's also not functional. Like there's no gap you can actually use on it. <laughs> Different story. Right. But like, um, I don't know, like, is that actually true though? I mean, if we have 10, you know, million ETH staked, you know, on beacon, how could you have 300,000 validators? Or are we talking about proof of work validators too?
0: Proof-of-work
1: validators too. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of like where I'm thinking like long-term, like maybe proof-of-work is a better consensus mechanism. And I keep on like thinking about this. Like, I feel like in some ways we're rushing to this greening of the blockchain, but maybe like we shouldn't be. And maybe like it's just okay to use a bunch of energy to create new economies. And we shouldn't. I,
2: I think that's a very well said, my friend. I couldn't agree more. I think... I think we are throwing the baby out with the bathwater, so yeah. to speak.
1: Right? No, we like
0: proof of work is really good. <laughs> it is. Right? It is good. It's, it's something special. decentralized, but yeah. there's there's could there could be a problem. Like for for example, Bitcoin. Uh, if you you know, I I run. I have an ASIC here in my house. It consumes like three thousand watts. <laughs> it's a lot of power, but. They're going to be, I know I make Bitcoin by, by, uh, by, uh, validating the chain, but there is going to be a point, uh, the chain cannot be sustained by, by fees only. You know, if there is not now, no, no more Bitcoin being created, how the chain is going to be sustained, how there everyone is going to be paying these miners because Bitcoin incentivizes you to hold it, not to spend it, not to transfer, um, and if you look today, uh, compare Ethereum and Bitcoin, Ethereum is generating, I don't know, $30 million a week, and Bitcoin is only generating $500,000 a week. So that's a huge, huge difference there. You know, That's why I think the Ethereum mechanism of creating more Ethereum but also burning them helps to balance uh, you know, the supply so there's always going to be new supply coming in, but also uh, the price of Ethereum is going to go up mathematically the same.
1: But, but like some of these moments, right? Like when we burn more than we, than we produce, right? I mean, that ha- then we mint, and then minting is the wrong word. What's the right word for that? Yeah, minting is the right word. So, is that right? So
0: I, am, I am on the, uh, on the uh, if you go to ultrasound.money website, you can act, actually simulate a mer- the merge, how it's gonna be like. So today, uh, because there is less demand for ETH, right? There is, you know, if the gas, uh, the Ethereum, the weight, the gas went down dem- dramatically these past That's days.
1: Crazy! I mentioned some shit for twenty-six dollars in, in Gwei yesterday. So when that oh.
0: happens, more actually- ETH is created. So right now, is uh, inflation is about three point eight percent on the Ethereum. Uh, but after the merge, the way is right now is going to be minus 0.3%, almost flat. So that's that's uh that's how we're gonna go. I see mean, the Ethereum is still gonna be created but less than what it is today. Like well the, it feels the like we've gone back and increase. forth here a
2: little bit, right? It feels like we've said that uh, inflation Token inflation is bad, but then token deflation is bad. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's a good answer there, honestly. Well,
1: I think I mean, so like there is so much juice here, Gelfie and Pub, like, cause one of the things that I have not been able to understand yet is like, so you know, Bitcoin is it like, you know, how many halves does it take you to get to zero? And the answer is infinity, right? Because you can't have yourself away to something. You know, and so like does Bitcoin eventually like is it impossible? To get 21 million Bitcoin, like can you never get there? And it strikes me that that's true, but I don't know the math. But can you never mint that 21 millionth Bitcoin?
2: Eventually, you'll you'll run out of decimals, right? The eventually, you'll get to a point where you can no longer have anymore, and it's like what 120 years or something like that. That's what the math comes I was out gonna ask to. You, so, what's the number? I mean, it's it it's, a, it, it's roughly 100 years.
1: Okay, so then at that point, right, like what happens to, I mean, in publishing, I went through this with I was trying to understand the merge, right? Like what happens to, you know, the Ethereum, you know, essentially like what happens to the pre-merge chain, right? Like how does that continue to be amberized is the kind of way I think about blockchains, right? Um, is there just like the more you know, the more validations that happen over time, the deeper they become encased in this sort of like, you know, hardened gel, you know, but like once, you know, the proof of, I mean, because I would think, right, of course, the vested interests, I'm, I'm thinking out loud totally now, but like at some point your incentive to run, you know, ASIC mining machines are like really small unless you own a bunch of Bitcoin, right? And then doesn't it at that point just become, sort of another like oligarchy or agalopoly might be a better term. I'm not sure I follow. I kind of yeah, I got know, lost I was, there you know, for I second. wasn't really clearing my head. That's why I was thinking that loud. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, like I didn't have clear thoughts like for real, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a soup trying to grab some words from. But um, but essentially what I'm asking though in the end is like, so, you know, in a hundred years, right, when we can't, Mine any more uh, Bitcoin because it's run, it's course, right? Um, first of all, I'm not quite clear that it can you can mint that last one. I'm just not sure you can, uh, but maybe you can. And uh, it, you know, at that point, like, what is the network incentive to keep the proof of work system operational? If you can't extract any more value, you're just protecting your value you've already accumulated, right? And then, how do you at that point? I mean, does the blockchain stop like, and you're just you know, like revalidating previous transactions. Like, do you know what I'm saying?
2: I think most Bitcoiners will tell you that they'll burn that bridge mm-hmm. when they get there. Most of them would just kick that can down the road and not talk about this. It's like, you know, I think, five
1: generations down the road, but like for real, like what does I, it look well, like? Well, I
3: think the answer you
2: know? is going to inevitably, inevitably, none of them will admit this, but the answer inevitably has to be to raise the, the, the cap, right? You've got to yeah, make well, more Bitcoin at that to, point. Right? That's the only option.
1: But is there any, like, is there a consensus mechanism within the Bitcoin community to allow them to do that? that or is the way the I algorithm mean, is written, sort of it's, it's nothing in the algorithm i mean is, is
2: bitcoin open source yeah so how they did you how they see, did right? the the most recent update was the miners would yes. signal right they would signal for what was that the taproot update yeah the and taproot they, update. they would put like a little green square in their little fucking block hash and that was the signal from that miner that they were cool with the update right. and so whenever they had over 50 percent or whatever the number was to uh of the miners signaling that they were cool with it then the developers rolled out the new update isn't that really a soft fork oh absolutely yeah absolutely and that's what it would be you know but to the raise first, the, uh, the to raise the, the cap update, as well
0: the first update before it the the miners didn't want to go through right and then mm-hmm. the developers like oh the users and developers like okay if you don't want to go through we're going to do it anyway so they had they had to well, that it. was the
2: block wars wasn't it
1: Guys, this is like such rich terrain. I mean, oh my god, Gelfi, can we run this podcast for like next five hours? I mean, send us <laughs> like like send us some wine. We're gonna start drinking at some point, you know, but like this is taking uh, a page
2: out of Rogan's playbook now, boys. Yeah, run therapy
1: session. Like <laughs> some joints and some PBAs or PBAs, PBRs. I don't be really <laughs> drink enough to know what beer is anymore.
0: Maybe um, we, we can invite <laughs> someone else to join our, our podcast next time. I don't know. Sure. Someone then, then likes to talk too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, to
1: be,
0: we honestly, to be, to we gotta be
2: get really our honest. editor in here.
1: Let's let's get Katrina in here next time. Yeah, the yeah. long time. I mean, she's dead asleep in Australia. Oh yeah, shit! I mean, you know, you're, right. you're from I Australia or,
0: or UK? Yeah, no, uh, True Cat's in Australia. Oh, okay, so that's, that's a, a bad, ahead bad. She's like eighteen hours ahead of us. Eighteen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, I ahead. always say that she's that's... one day ahead minus five hours. You know. Um,
1: and so like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Gelfi, this is your show, pal. So wherever you want to run this thing, like we're here and obviously Publish and I can talk about nothing for the rest of our lives, you know? And, <laughs> no, um, hero, and I have to like I, saying dumb stuff all the time.
0: I don't really I've, care. <laughs> I've, just, I've just sent you over on Discord a, a link to all of these questions that you have about proof of stake. Uh, it's a long, long reading, but take a look, you know, take your time. There's a lot of stuff there that you can learn about it. I don't even know everything about it, but it's it's very very cool. Like the way Vitalik puts it. Take a look, and you know we can discuss in the future. I I will. I I I will. You gotta remember. Also, there is a book uh, that I read back in you know 2018. But a friend of mine, uh, he read in 2016. That's when he started investing in crypto. The book is called The Sovereign Individual. Have you ever read it?
1: I haven't read it, but I've heard it referenced a number of times.
0: So The Sovereign, the sovereign uh, Individual was a book written in 1997, 1998, uh, before the, the uh, dot-com bubble. And it talks about crypto. It talks about the information era but it goes all the way back in history you know explains they explains how uh, how bad money is always replaced by good money and if you go back in history it's true and we are at the phase where we're seeing which one is the bad money and which one is the good money so eventually that's what's going to happen the good money is going to replace the bad money, but he goes even further, talking about what's going to happen to nation states and so on. Though it's a good, good book, everyone. But is-
2: wouldn't you? Couldn't you also say that the good money eventually becomes the bad money over time?
0: Yeah, so another money is going to, to be better than the one that we know. Like, So could you make the, crypto, the argument then that we're heading crypto, down that
2: road already with Ethereum, right? Can you make the argument that it's happening happening exponentially faster with our cryptocurrencies and that our cryptocurrencies could be quick, quickly becoming the bad money, even though they started out as the good money?
0: Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. That's that's for sure. So we'll take a look at the, uh, uh, if you go back in, you know, before 70s, when the dollar was backed up by gold. It was good money, right? Then mm-hmm. it became fiat money. Now it's not good anymore. It's a the right. bad money. And which one is better? Uh, crypto, in, in our minds, crypto is better right now, but not not for everyone yet. But maybe not ten years from now. Right? Crypto mm-hmm. is going to be better, but who knows if there's another a better technology that that. Is even better than 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 crypto, you know. Oh, well, like, there's
2: one thing I've learned, Mr. Gelfi, there's always a bigger fish out there.
0: <laughs> exactly. So the better money is always gonna replace <laughs> the, the old money. That's that's been, uh, from, you know, from every ever since the the money exists, it's always been like that. So it's it's always going to be like that. Bad money is always going to be replaced. So it's a good read. Read that book it's going to uh, blow your mind and, you know, we talk, we can talk about it eventually.
1: I'll do it. I love more fodder, more fodder. <laughs> um,
0: God,
1: what a great conversation guys. An hour 40 Gelfie, you know? Okay. Um, I think
0: it's time to um, go I, guys, I,
1: I <laughs> for this thing, you know, but, uh, yeah. How, what a fun way to spend our, well, my morning Gelfie yeah. morning. publishers, you know, afternoon, mid afternoon, early afternoon.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, it's morning. I still haven't finished my coffee, and it's cold.
1: <laughs>
2: fair, fair, um,
1: fair enough. Any closing thoughts, friends? Gelfie, God, I mean, how about you? Plug us, like, you know, what is what is the reason why people want to? Since we like literally didn't talk about Good Morning News. At all for the last hour and 40 minutes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I mentioned our paper token at some
0: point, but that's...
1: We
2: did. for uh, a plug. Um,
1: back to my confusion about, you know, tokenomics. Um, Gelfi, why should someone join Good Morning News?
0: Look, Good Morning News is the true decentralized Web3 project. I mean, people in the Good Morning News are very, very aligned towards decentralization even though we've talked here there is some some stuff that say they are decentralized but they're not in fact but good morning good morning news is actually a decentralized news organization and publisher or at
2: least trying to be yeah but let's add that disclaimer we that's the goal We will always the, try to be
0: we are very aligned to that to that goal and 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 publisher told me the other day that you know he told me once that the final goal is to be a truly media decentralized company kind of thing. So that's our goal. So join us and enjoy the the, the ride. I think that's it.
2: Buy the ticket, take the ride. Hunter S. Thompson. Let's end it there. Beautiful, right.
0: Cool guys. <laughs> See you next time. Thank you very much. Oh, also, oh, before we before we end, Hiro, why don't you uh, do that uh, disclosure? Because I don't want people to buy stuff because they just told them to.
1: Oh, um, listeners, just so we're clear, uh, anything you've heard here today is not financial advice. It is merely for informative or educational purposes. If you believe anything we say, I deeply recommend that you spend time in a dark room and consider your options for going forward. I would recommend reading more things. Love,
0: hero.